Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of My Angular Story. I am Aaron Frost, and today we get a chance to talk to Brandon Roberts. Say hi, Brandon. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So for those who um, aren't aware who you are, can you just kind of say, hey, this is who I am, like just so we get to know you better? Sure. So I'm uh, Brandon Roberts. I am a, a Angular engineer at Narwhal, and I'm also a maintainer on the NGRX project. And I used to be on the Angular team, but just recently moved over to Narwhal. Yeah, you did. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I worked on the uh, Angular team for about a year and a half full time. And what did you work on with that? Uh, I worked on the docs team. Okay. So we wrote all the docs team was over all the guides and tutorials and um, basically your learning journey when you work uh, with Angular. So I worked on a team of technical writers and I was more of a kind of a hybrid person on the team. One person who actually built apps with uh, apps with Angular and does some technical writing also. Uh, so it was a good fit for, for me at the time to be on that team and help them to build out the, like I said, update the guides and tutorials. And uh, the biggest thing I got to work on there that I'm pretty proud of is the, the new getting started. Yeah, um, I was gonna ask, I was like, did you do that? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't just me, it was uh, the, the lead on the team, her name is Jennifer uh, Fail. She was the information architect on the docs team. So it was her, me, and uh, actually Stephen Fluin, he, you know, he kind of had the vision for what he wanted to do as far as redoing the, the learning journey for getting started. Cause you know, everyone is familiar with tour of heroes and yep. uh, that whole journey of taking you from basically every part, major part of the framework and building, basically going through like a workshop uh, to go through that process of building an app. And the main idea about the getting started was to kind of simplify that process for new people because we didn't want to, um, we don't want people to get tied up when they're trying to learn Angular and get like bogged down with like tooling and like the Angular CLI and dependencies and all these things that you're, you're going to have to learn anyway and just kind of simplify that process. So we ended up using Stack Blitz mm -hmm. for the uh, for the application itself that you use going through the tutorial and we removed a lot of the steps. But we one thing we wanted to keep was to help you learn all the same things. Yeah, you gotta get all the same points in yeah. your head. So we wanna teach you about components, let you see that making com you know components in Angular is e easy. Um, routing, forms, and deployment, those are the main major sections. Hmm. So just be able to get you up and running quicker with Angular if you're gonna you know, consider it using that. So that was one big thing that I got to work on there. 
That's cool. Um, so we have another we have another guest host today. Ryan, come here. <laughs> so we have a guest host on the podcast. His name is Ryan Frost. Say hi, Ryan. Hi. No, speak into the mic, yo. Hi. Yeah, Ryan is my son. We're out of Denver, Denver, meeting a bunch of cool people, and so he's here, just playing with yep. his phone today, huh? He's doing the kid thing. He's doing the kid thing. The kids, the kids are jumping around. Then yeah. he just get on the mic. They're like, hey, how's it going? Hey. <laughs> they're my crazy kid. until you tell them to say something. And yeah. then they're my quiet. kids do the same thing. So. Yeah. Um, so when, how did the move to Narwhal happen? Uh, it was, I've only been at Narwhal for about a month now. And the main reason behind that was I enjoy working on the docs team because I like writing and being able to break down like concepts or being able to look at the framework, look at the technology and being able to like break that down into more easily consumable chunks for people who maybe not are ready to dive into the code yet. Um, But also I've always still had that itch, you know, get back into the application development and engineering part of it. So that was my main uh, reason for, that I moved on from the docs team was uh, trying to find something that was more of a mix of like engineering and still being able to have to be able to do some writing. So Narwhal was a good fit for me as being able to let me do both of those things. Cause they have like a platform for mm. uh, documentation for their open source products. And also like a development developer empowerment platform that mm. will provide tips and tools for developers to easily uh, get answers to problems. So mm-hmm. being able to contribute to those things and the open source part of it was important too because I've been working, I worked on the, because I worked on Angular team for like a year and a half and being able to work on open source every day, you know, it's, it has become like more important to me than it was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I like contributing back to like open source and helping other developers. So Yeah, so I don't know if, if, if everyone knows this, but you and and Mike Ryan, <laughs> you guys grabbed the torch from Rob, mm-hmm. and you he did this NGRX experiment, mm-hmm. and then you guys were like, "Hey, we're doing something like this," and kind of got into it, right? Yeah. So you guys are kind of the main, you you two are the main maintainers of NGRX. Is that fair to say or no? Yeah, that's fair to say. Okay, it's been it's been a few years. It's been at least what four years now, four years plus, but. Um, me and Mike have worked together for a long time and at a previous uh, job, we actually built like a version of Indirect, like the version of Indirect store, like internally back then uh, at the place we worked at at the time, but we couldn't open source it because, you know, it's like government work. Yeah. You know, um, you, know, yeah, you got to go through a lot of red in. tape. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go through a lot of red tape to do that. So we had that and that and that. We built that thing. You actually use it in an app and, you know, said it worked pretty good. We had, you know, experimented with just using like vanilla Redux and apps before. And uh, it just didn't feel quite as integrated enough. So like so I said, we guys, built you, that version of it. And uh, so you guys built your own Redux, um, but observable based Redux yep. implementation. Yep. It was like a cool. Yeah, it was a flavor of uh, flavor of Redux, like I said, built internally that we used this was back when like all these things were evolving at the same time like angular was still in beta i think alpha or beta at that time yeah it was early and and we were building that thing internally and then you know we we had it we used it in the app and then around about that time robert came out with uh v1 adventure x store and uh and we said well 
you know, we can't do anything with this thing, like going forward. And he had this out there in the open and we jumped on that and started contributing to that. Um, like, I'm pretty sure we've like touched every piece of code that's in there since it's been there now. But yeah, uh, but yeah, rewrote, basically re retooled a lot of the infrastructure behind store and ended up adding other libraries along the way. Effects probably the most popular one other than that. But uh, yeah, but yeah. We started with that project. We moved to the open source one. We started contributing to that. I was like, hey, I want to do, do more contributions since y'all are doing all this stuff anyway, you know, since he didn't, uh, doesn't have as much time, you know, being at Google and yeah. Angular team and all that. So we were like, sure. So we took that on and that's pretty cool. Ended up, you know, becoming like the maintainers of the uh, project. And we've, of course, the project has grown immensely since then we have yeah. back then it was just store and then we introduced effects and then we got develop dev store dev tools uh for helping yeah. you uh, debug application and the list has grown and grown and grown router store i mean yeah. we can go into all the different <laughs> the different packages uh entity yeah, yeah. Uh, just recently injects data yeah so the platform has definitely grown just from me mike and rob you know we got new people on the team now um alex Krishko. Uh, Wes Grime just recently joined. Ask Alex Krusko and Wes Grime just recently joined the team. Uh, Tim deschriver has been on there for a while. He started. He basically started the same way that uh, that we did. He, you know, started contributing to the project. You know, was doing some really good uh, PRs and stuff. So we asked him if he wanted to, you know, join the team officially. And he's been awesome ever since. Uh, everybody who joined the team been awesome ever since. So yeah, it's definitely grown. I, I almost forgot to mention John and Ward, who also did injuries. They they're part of the team too. So and then we got the the I call them quote unquote alumni people like Rob and uh, Victor Sack, and they're still on the team also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's definitely grown. It's definitely grown more than what I ever thought it was going to be. You know, when you Huge get in there, yeah, you get into contributing to open source and. Uh, my main reason, like basically how I got into uh, Angular contributing was I wanted to, you know, contribute to open source. I've been like a user for a long time, just growing up with using like Linux on uh, desktop computers and seeing how that open source model worked and uh, trying to find your like your niche of where you can get back and contribute back to it. So that was how I got in. I became a user of Angular, you know, user of Angular JS. And Angular started coming out, and I wanted to get get involved in that early. So, uh, so yeah, that's how I at least initially got into contributing. From I went from like consumer to contributor to like now I'm like a maintainer and uh, some, giant project. Some, yeah, some, and a big it's project that people by giant companies. people notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I try not to I try not to think about it too much, but uh, don't want to get overwhelmed by it. But yeah, it's definitely something that I'm very proud of to be a part very, you know, very proud to be a part of. It's interesting because I always thought Angular Redux and NGRX store was, was the same thing. I thought we were mm -hmm. using the same words to say the same thing, but apparently there's another project called Angular Redux, right? Yeah, there was, and yeah, Angular, I think Angular Redux predated, it might've predated NGRX store. I'm not, I'm not sure when that, when those two projects or what the timelines are them. For, but I think uh, Angular Redux was more. I think it followed the same kind of pattern where it was more of a wrapper, a wrapper around um, Redux, but not necessarily like integrated with ng modules and didn't have that level of integration at the time or the yeah. like the tool as much tooling around it's, it. It's not observable based, right? 
No, I it's don't think more it pure is. kind of vanilla yeah. redux. Yeah, I think it's still using. Yeah, I think it wraps vanilla. redux. Yeah, I think it, like, it just brings redux into your project, and then yeah, I think it. it has a few, yeah, a few maybe a few helper uh, things to yeah. get you along, but uh, store was more of a like a rethink of in an angular angular world. Uh, how will we use that and leverage it? So. Yeah, I think in a world where you have observables, the NGRX model, the NGRX store model versus mm -hmm. a Redux model, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's what the the like a lot of people don't know, but the driving thing behind NGRX has always been like bringing reactive libraries. The the tagline is reactive libraries for Angular. Right. Yeah. So that is one thing like um and I learned that when I was in um Copenhagen a mm -hmm. few a few months ago, Mike was like, People think NGRX is the store, mm -hmm. but that's NGRX store. I was like, Oh. Yep. It's been yeah, it's been used they've been used just like interchangeably for a while now because that's that's the main thing that uh, NGRX is known for is state management. But yeah, uh, yeah, the NGRX is meant to be a collection of reactive mm -hmm. angular stuff, not not just the store, right? Right. Yeah. Reactive APIs. All right. Well, we've built other things. Like even uh, around when we did NJX Store, we had already built some other libraries uh, around NJX that didn't have anything to do with state management. We built like mm -hmm. one for router, and mm -hmm. the, of course, the, if we go into the backstory of that, we built NJX Router. Uh, I just talked about this recently, but we built NJX Router. This was around about the same time they were still like redoing the Angular router. Of, so you made you made an, an, an a reactive router. Yep. And you made a fully reactive and router. That's not the same thing as NGRX router store. No. So no. NGRX router is a replacement for the Angular router. Well, at the time, it was a different take on what we considered what we want. What, our vision for a router in Angular would be. Since, okay. we're, since Angular was already built on top of observables, we wanted a router that was like fully reactive, observables in, observables out, and uh, that was also easy to use. So we set out and built that built that router, and it was actually had used it before, or used it before it was, you know, before it became an actual thing. Yeah. And this was around about the same time that they were retooling the Angular route. This was in Angular version two, and they were redo redoing the router then. And yep. uh, so we had NGX router, then we ended up meeting like at NGConf with uh, a team, the room full of people like Rob and Mishko and um Is this, is this before NGRX is NGRX store, Rob made that or is that after? This was after. It's after NGRX yep. store by Rob. Yep. You guys are using NGRX Store, and you've done a router now. Yeah, we've done a router. So you meet with Angular. We meet with them. They were, um, they had looked at the router, you know, so they, they agreed that, like, the principles of the router were solid. The development of it was good. So they, we ended up um, deprecating NGRX Router at the time, and then what happened was they took the, like, the design. We iterated over the design. It was a me, me and a bunch of people, me, Mike, uh, Ward Bell, Victor Safkin, you know, we wrote basically a design doc to go over like all the ins and outs of what we wanted the router to be at that time. Hmm. And uh, then basically we went into development. It was like, it was semi-secret. The GitHub repo is probably still out there. But uh, yeah, we built that router on the side. And I ended up doing a talk at NGConf a few years ago about what the new router was going to be uh, while like Victor was like working on it, uh, working on that router. So Indirect Router basically became the like spiritual uh, successor to 
or the Angular router, you know, is the successor to Nginx router. Nginx router. Yeah. So we wanted to keep that that router something that was like fully reactive, had observable APIs. It didn't get the whole vision though, did it? Now it, I mean, it still got some ways to go. Like the router that uh, we built was a lot was much simpler. Like uh, if you think of like query params and route params and Nginx router, like they were just like services you, you could, services you could inject. So mm. you didn't have to worry about like is this the activated route that I want to get the params from? Yeah. Like there was just one set of so two things that observables and I hate that part of the router. <laughs> yeah, the thing, the thing, the whole vision behind Nginx router was we wanted to, like I said, streams in, streams out. We wanted to make a stream of the URL, turn the URL browser URL into a stream, stream mm -hmm. that, turn that into a set of components, render that on the stream, render that on your uh, UI. Brilliant. And then the like query params, route params, just those things are simple observables, and you can just get at that data easily. So that was where the, uh, those are like design decisions that we made in Nginx router up front. Like the way the route config works was similar, but you could lazy, this was like pre-ng modules, you could just lazy load components. Right, right. Oh, uh, so nice. Yeah, cause like what I don't like about the current <laughs> router is the activated route mm -hmm. and then it has pair activated routes. Yeah. So if you're like, hey, give me the route params, mm -hmm. but it's only gonna give me the route params for my current route. Yep. So if I'm a child route, I don't have access to the parent route params unless mm -hmm. I use like activated route dot parent. Yep. And then I gotta like make sure I got the right one of those. Mm -hmm. Like I can't go to one place and get all the params, which well, I guess there's a setting I can toggle in the router to say flatten all those things. Okay, you can, that, yeah, you can inherit them, but yeah. But I it really bugs me, man. Yeah, we would like I said, we wanted the the our vision, like I said, it was a lot simpler yeah. and you know it, it didn't solve like every use case because it wasn't intended to, right? It was yeah. just supposed to be simple, easy to use, fully reactive. Yeah. So that was one of the biggest things or one of the libraries that we have done before that wasn't state management mm -hmm. in Nginx that, uh, that we, like I said, we ended up putting it to the side, you know, I guess for the sake of the community. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, uh, but yeah, that was, that was, and that that's basically why there's no Angular 3. I said this recently, but because a lot of people don't know that, why why did they skip them from two to four? Yeah. So, because Angular router was going to be version three of it, and they didn't want to rev the entire framework just, just for the router. Yeah, so they just skipped from two to four, and, and then here we are. So that guy with the, where's my Angular 3 shirt on? Yeah. And he he should have an answer for that. We don't now. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. That's funny. So um, I'm always curious. I remember when, how I got into Angular. Um, how did how did you get into Angular? Yeah. So like I said, me and Mike had worked together before, and before working in Angular, I had done mostly like backend work. Uh, had done work. Um, I worked at NASA like building web apps for um, like mission support. And uh, so we built web apps there. It was, Did you uh, see Ryan's face when you said NASA? <laughs> yeah. He was, was pretty, like, NASA? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, so I built web apps there. Uh, it was mainly like PHP and uh, PHP backend apps. Or it was PHP across the board because back then we were just rendering everything on the server, right? Yeah. So I did did that for a while. So what year is this, just to this is, context? Um, 2000, I was doing that in 2007. Okay. And so I did that for like five years. So if we go to 2012, I had moved on from that and I uh, ended up going to 
work on a, a web app that was like a real-time uh, app for monitoring oil rig data. And it was like a mix of, uh, this was back in, back then it was, I was using like EXTJS. I, I used some EXT. Yeah, the old Sentia. Yeah, that's what I used with Sentia. Yeah, Sentia yeah. Uh, framework, we used that. And it was like a mix of Visual Basic.net on the back end, moving to C Sharp. Huh. And uh, so I did that for a while. And then I, I ended up doing a, like a hybrid app that was just using like jQuery and iOS and uh, it was using titanium at the time. There's a bunch of different so technologies. Funny. I remember all those. So yeah, and then I ended up moving to where me and uh, Mike started working together where we were building, I worked at a game studio. Synapse? Uh, no, this was named, this was a big government company. Oh. Uh, but they, this was like a small a contract within within that company. Okay. It was the Army Game Studio, and uh, I was doing. I started out doing PHP development there. Like I said, still same thing. And they were more of it. They were an Angular JS shop mm. at the time. So I was doing back in back in PHP and serving up the front end app. But uh, Angular JS at the time was. Uh, this was like 2014, I guess. Angular JS at the time was it always been something that was interesting to me. Yeah, but I was like, I've done back end development my whole life, and I don't even know how to. <laughs> yeah, know, I'm not. You know, I wasn't well versed in HTML and CSS and all that. Um, at least from the front end perspective. Yeah. So I had always had always been drawn to Angular JS, but didn't have any practical experience with it. But then during that job, I got a chance to start using AngularJS and uh, building apps with it. And we actually built the, they uh, they promote like STEM projects or STEM education for kids. And we built like the web apps to support those games. Hmm. So with all that front end was built in AngularJS. It was a really big app. Hmm. Um, so I did that. And then that's how I got into AngularJS because Mike was already a, a software developer on using AngularJS at the time. So he uh, basically, he he's, I, you know, I told him that, you know, I was interested in it. So I ended up working on some of the front end stuff with AngularJS. And then I ended up transitioning completely over to AngularJS and not doing like backend development anymore. Yeah. So that was how I got in AngularJS. And then around that time, AngularJS was in 1.5, 1.6, something like that. And yeah. then Angular Beta 2 Alpha or Alpha 30, I think it was Alpha 38 was the was the first one that uh, we had gotten in on. You're more daring than me, man. I, <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm gonna wait. Yeah, well, the, the the good thing about working at that job was that we could experiment. Okay. Like, we could basically choose our own stack. Okay. So we were using AngularJS, and it was like, Angular's gonna be coming along. We can start prototyping and everything with it now. And it was, it was like, fine, if y'all, that's what y'all wanna do. Back then, you had to make your own build, though, because the CLI didn't exist yet. Yeah. Like, you had to bootstrap the whole thing from scratch. This was back when we were using System Jazz and stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, it was some, some good time. <laughs> good time. <laughs> yeah, we funny. had to use System JS, Webpack, Webpack, Browserify, all those you things. You had to bring everything in. Yeah, had to bring everything in. And that's why I was like, wait, I'm not smart enough to use any other. Like, <laughs> there's way too much stuff going on. There's yeah. way too many moving parts back during the alpha days. Yeah. Back like I said, back then there was no CLI. You had to roll everything by hand. Even the docs and everything, all that stuff was telling you, you had to roll everything by hand. Yeah, uh, and it took a while for the CLI to get integrated with that. But yeah, that was how I got into um, Angular JS. Then I started use uh, getting on working with Angular. And for me, like I said, I had 
got wanted to start contributing back to open source and uh, and i was looking at me i was looking at github and seeing the issues and stuff from like the angular router and i saw that you know in angular js like ui router was the you know it was the router of choice right so i wanted to make the angular router uh like the first party choice for developers going forward so that that was like my probably like my mission that I wanted to get involved in the project in. So I jumped in on GitHub and started, you know, filing issues and um, filing issues and fix or submitting PRs for bugs and uh, just trying to help out on the project. And then, like I said, that kind of escalated from there. I ended up talking to Brian Ford was on the team at the time and got to kind of uh, talk with him about what they were, they were going with the router, what we wanted to do with it. And, like I said, that that was my start of my like open source journey, which is like escalated like far and above mm. where where it was when I first got started. If you look at my like GitHub, uh, you know that GitHub page with the the green uh, squares on it, it's like blank, 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 and it's like <laughs> so it just solid. Blew, yeah, That's it just blew up. So it's funny. It's been green ever since. So, um, so besides the Angular docs. Have you ever, is there ever another time when you got paid to do open source, like where open source was your main gig? Uh, no, the only, the, I haven't, still haven't had a, like a full-time, well, now other than the Angular Docs, no. Everything that we've done on Indirects has been like free time, like yeah, nights and yeah. weekends. That's what's crazy, is that you guys yeah. are just doing that. Yeah, everybody's like, well. And you're a dad and you, uh, you're, yeah. you're a busy, you're a busy person. Yeah, I got like three, I got a wife and three kids. And yeah. of course they're young, they're uh, seven, four and one. So of course they're, you know, always, uh, and back when I started, uh, we only had one, I only had my oldest daughter. And uh, so I had, you know, some time yeah. <laughs> to contribute to open source or even in the evenings and things like that. Yeah. But, uh, but these days it's definitely more of a challenge uh, to uh-huh. do it. But the good thing is about Injurix, uh, like the state management stuff has matured a lot since then. And I don't have to do as much day-to-day, mm-hmm. like hand-holding of it for people filing issues because, of course, we fixed a lot of stuff over time. Yeah. And we got more people on the team. So it's definitely, I still enjoy the process of maintaining the project and being able to help developers with docs. But I get to take more of a, like a team lead approach to it now as far as managing, you know, what people need and trying to get people on block. So. No, it's cool. Um, yeah, I know. So two questions, uh, I'll just ask them both and then we can talk about them. One of my questions is, is Narwhal mm-hmm. letting you do some of this NGRX stuff during Narwhal time? And mm-hmm. the other question is, um, just kind of about NGRX eight. Mm-hmm. I know that it just came out. I, I used it mm-hmm. a lot easier to use APIs. Yep. So, um, so yeah, I get those are the kind of the two questions. Like the Narwhal open source, maybe, are they letting yeah. you do some NGRX stuff during the daytime or? Yeah, so it's mainly um, like Narwhal is a mix, right? We do some client work and some Narwhal work. And a part of that is uh, like, I'll do some of the NGRX work, like like I said, triaging and uh, helping people on issues and docs and things like that. But for the most part, it's still like a separate thing. It's not, I don't okay. get paid to work on NGRX uh, from Narwhal from like, the project perspective. Now I do get to, uh, if there's something that um, I can work on an indirect that would help, you know, Narwhal in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. then we can take that feedback and kind of fold it into the platform. So mm-hmm. in that case, uh, it's not like 
I have a set time to work on it, but yeah. um, if there's a need for it, then I can contribute back to the project. That way we're not trying to, we're not having to duplicate that code and things that Narwhal needs for like NX specifically. So that's cool. Yeah. And, um, then, uh, and then I forgot the second question. The other question, eight. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. NGX eight, the attack of the boilerplates. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, there's a new, not more. Is there, there's not more boilerplates. Yes, there's more. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. There's I, just, I feel like it, I feel like it was less. <laughs> yes, it's less. Okay. So in uh, version eight, we introduced some new APIs for uh, creating actions. Basically, we we have for state management, we've like completed a circle of the things that you, the main APIs that you use for like actions, reducers, and uh, effects. Because we already had an API to help you create selectors, uh, and the new create action was actually came a uh, uh, came to us from a different project. Uh, the guy's name is Nicholas Jameson. He's a core core member on RxJS project, and uh, he had a library called TS Action that pretty much does what create action and create do, reducer do in Android eight. Mm-hmm. So we looked at that API, and because it's open source, you know, we yeah. we talked to him about it and see if we could, uh, you know, take uh, some of that code and modify it and make it a part of the platform. Fold it in, yeah. Yeah, so him and uh, Alex Krushko uh, worked on getting that into the Indirect Store APIs. So it just makes it a lot easier to do the same things that you would have done in uh, Indirect version 7 and still get, like, the same things that we promote, type safety, using actions to express events, uh, reducer for state changes, and uh, using the creative effect really didn't make any like functional changes but it's more following that same path of like you can still like the effect decorator is still there but uh we can you we were able to leverage create effect because it provides us an api that's more composable and it gives us a better a good bit of uh better type check and also when you use that as opposed to a decorator got a new reducer api too right like the reducer is yeah. now like an observable stream uh type the, thing, right well, the create uh, reducer is a different way of creating the function that you use instead of using like a regular function with a switch case right, or right. switch switching cases. And so it uh, lets you still let you listen for actions and but it generates a reducer function for you. Got you. Um, so that without way, a switch. Yeah, without the switch, because we had gone back and forth many times about uh, using the switch in cases or using like if. Uh, if then or if cases for the reducer function. So what it does is you um, you still use the same some of the same things. You use initial state, and then you declare these on functions that listen for the actions, and then those are the things that have a callback function. So you do your state changes, and all that does is register a map of the actions that that reducer can handle. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to cut down uh, so cut down the amount of like the switch, we basically remove the switch case. You don't have to do that anymore. We actually remove the action unions also. Uh, so you don't have to, before with the action classes, you have to like define a union and you have to pass that union to your effects and pass that union to your reducers. Like all that's gone now. So that's it's nice. a more concise API. To it's probably to, faster too, because yep. the switch had to switch over every single yep. case statement, right? Whereas yep. now, mm-hmm. now just it's just, we're just registered by map. Yep. You just, if it's in that map, then you use that. We don't have to worry about, uh, did you forget to add the, like the default return in oh, your yeah. switch statements anymore? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely a more concise API that gives you some flexibility there. Like we talked about composability, uh, we can now re- 
like with create effect or create producer, you could wrap these APIs more easily yeah. and, and customize them even more to your needs. So. I, uh, the first time I tried to use it was on a live Twitch mm-hmm. and, um, I, I was like, Hey, this is what, this is what a facade is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, which is what you're talking about here in Angular Gamma, right? The facade of facades. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of showing a facade without NGRX. Mm-hmm. I was like, you write it this way because when you want to go to NGRX, mm-hmm. you don't, none of the components have to change. So I was, was kind of just showing, Hey, now that we've written it, mm-hmm. now we can upgrade to NGRX and the components don't change. The components are the same. Like, and I'm and I get it all in, which is not hard. And I got I create a selector, mm-hmm. but I forget to select the selector. Mm-hmm. And so I was so I had I created the selector, but then I didn't do select and then pass it the selector. Oh uh, yeah. And so I was just like, I was just so lost <laughs> on that one little nuance, mm-hmm. and it, I waste like twenty minutes. Everyone on the Twitch is trying to help me. I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't know, guys. Yeah, I jumped in on some of those that you had done before. I, did, I, I said I didn't get the, that one, but I appreciate yeah. I could have pointed it out. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that would have been some. I remember Wes was like, just jumped out. you and Wes were both like, we'll, we'll be there. So yeah. I was like, all right, where's Wes and Brandon? Oh, yeah. they're not. I'm, I'm all alone. All right, I'm screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but I finally figured it out. But yeah. it, was, it, was, it was down the road. Yeah, you've done some. You've done some injuries, so you know. Yeah, you, you at least have some knowledge of how the, the mechanics work. Yeah, and it's frustrating, but um, now I know for next time. So yeah. like, select your selectors. Yep. Um. Well, cool, man. Um. Anything else interesting? I mean, we've we've kind of found out how you got into Angular, how early on mm-hmm. you worked on the team. It was cool to hear about you worked at NASA. You yeah. worked for Army Game Studios. You met Mike Ryan. Um. We've kind of learned a lot about you. Uh, is your dad, three kids, husband? Yeah. Um, is there any other cool stuff about you? Like, if I, if, if I when I if I was asked, I'd be like, I loved ice fish. Is there anything? Mm-hmm. Is there anything interesting you'd want to share? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I love sports. So, like, I watch basketball, I watch football, I watch just about any sport that's on TV. Uh, that's what I pretty much do. And like, if I have some spare time, you know. Because, like, it's usually for me, it's, like, family first. Then we try to do some stuff on open source. And then if I have time, I watch, like I said, watch basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of Kevin Durant. And uh, yeah. I was, so I've been watching the Golden State Warriors for the past few years. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I really enjoy watching sports and just, like, hanging out with family. Uh, my my usual tagline is, if you see me on Twitter, I'm probably, like, tweeting out some funny gifts or something like that. I'm on Twitter to have you fun. And you're good on gifts. Too. Yeah. <laughs> better than talking. average. You're better than average, that's for sure. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a skill I've honed over time. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But, yeah, I mean, I'm a, uh, I, like, I'm a pretty, pretty laid-back guy. You know? I'm pretty, pretty reserved most of the time. But, like, if you get to know me, you know that I, you know, I crack a lot of jokes and I have yeah. a lot of fun. So That's good. Uh, so, yeah. Cool. All right, everybody. This was uh, this was Brandon. Uh, if if anyone, uh, we'll do. Let's do picks first, and then yeah. we'll we'll hand out your contact info. So I'll go first on the picks. So um, I picked this on Adventures in Angular, but just in case anyone's getting this for the first time, um, there's this pot, there's this documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. called 
black hole apocalypse. Okay. And sounds scary. No. It does. <laughs> no, they just it's like the most well thought out explanation of black holes I've ever been able to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I mean I, I did a couple of Neil deGrasse Tyson's books trying to trying to not be completely ignorant. Mm-hmm. And like it gets to a point and it's just all over my head. Like there's a threshold he gets to where I'm gone. Yeah. But this did actually really good and I followed it really well. They did they did a fine job at explaining my cold and it was it was crazy interesting. So um yeah, I would recommend that to anybody who's just chilling on a Saturday night. Even like my wife and kids are like, put it back on like yeah, the next okay. night. Let's finish watching it tonight. Yeah, yeah. So uh yeah, real interesting. Anyway, that's my pick. Black hole apocalypse. Cool. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the easy pick. Uh we just released a new version of uh, NX, which is uh, Narwhal's open source toolkit uh, for like monorepos and comes with a lot of tooling. Uh, I updated the, the like the NGRX schematics for that uh, in that release. Hmm. And it, uh, one thing to know, we also have uh, added support for React and uh, web components. Uh, to the NX platform. So whether you're building Angular, whether you're building React or web components, we have support for Node and Express. Uh, has a lot of new features in there. So if you're building Angular, great. If you're building React, we have support for that too. So I'll plug that real quick. That's cool. I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to imagine a monorepo where you have one build system that mm-hmm. builds React app and an Angular app. That's yep. pretty cool. Yeah. It's all it's all there right together, and all the tooling is there to support it. So really, really excited about that uh, moving forward. And uh, of course, we're going to keep keep cranking away the features and just helping it get better. All right, hey Ryan, you wanted you have a pick? Anything cool? You want to do a pick? Go download Ape Chase. What? Go download Ape Chase. FGTV made it. Uh, he, something from FGTV. <laughs> I thought he was going to make his pick about bacon or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <Somewhere later. laughs> I pick bacon <laughs> and FGTV. All right. Uh, so if, thanks for coming on. If anyone wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for you to be uh, to contact you? Sure. You can find me on Twitter. My uh, handle is Brandon T. Roberts. And like I said, I talk about sports and I tweet uh, funny gifts and I mean, I'm there to have fun. Of course, if you want to uh, ask me questions on there, my uh, DMs are open. So, you know, just hit me up. Yeah, cool. And you're usually at, uh, you're at a lot of conferences every year too. Yep. So. yep. Um, you can usually, I'm usually at AngieConf. I'll be at uh, Angular Connect this year. Uh, cool. Doing a talk on schematics, actually. Oh, so cool. be sure to check that out also. Cool. Well, all right, everybody. Thanks for coming. And we'll catch you. Uh, Brandon, thanks for coming on. Yep. We'll catch everybody next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.